live from an undisclosed location, this is the Gribble Nation Roadcast. Welcome to another episode of the Gribble Nation Roadcast, uh, powered by Anchor FM. Uh, this is Doug, and I'm using the Anchor FM app this time to record in the podcast. Um, just uh, something a little different. Um, I'm actually on the road right now, and uh, I'm currently I'm just outside of Salem, Oregon, uh, visiting family. Uh, but uh, recently I took a cross-country drive from you know, my home in the Albany, New York area, and I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what I've seen. Um, you know, so I started off, you know, basically on going through Albany, you know, basically, you know, around the capital region of New York. You know, there were some recent changes with the auto automated toll collection, and, you know, basically they've basically finished up the work to modernize the intersection, so now you don't have to, you know, stop at a toll booth, you just drive through, uh, the gantries they're on the main line of the thruway uh but you know exit 24 for instance um which is you know where i-87 and i-90 meet in albany um you know that they've you know repaved the intersection they've you know added new signs it moves very well now i think um so took i-90 west um you know, just a few exits uh, over to i-88 um and took that all the way down uh currently on i-88 uh, there is a, um, you know, big construction project uh, between, I'd say, yeah. Warnerville, which is in Schoharie County, through Richmondville, and down towards Oneana, uh, where basically they're essentially replacing the road. They've stripped it down to the road bed. It's been needed. You know, I'm very familiar with that area. You know, we have a property in the area, so I'm always I'm down ID quite a bit. Uh, but I usually skip that part because I basically exit, you know, in Richmondville. Um, so, you know, that's coming along. It's, I would say it's a multi-year project, but, you know, they're, they finished, they're finishing the section for, you know, between Richmondville and Worcester. And then they're working on a section between Skinevis and Colliersville, which is, you know, how you'd go up to Cooperstown from there. Um, you know, so I took I-88, you know, down to Binghamton, and then on, a, you know, what we say, New York Route 17. A lot of people still call it Route 17, or it's I-86. Took that across New York. Uh, nothing uh, too uh, different. You know, basically it was raining most of the way through the southern tier. Um, so basically just had to, you know, dodge, uh, you know, raindrops, so to speak. Um they have added a new truck stop um, over at the uh, Andover exit, which is exit 30 or New York Route 19. Um, and that was needed. There's not a lot of services in Allegheny County, New York. Um, so did that, you know, basically once, you know, basically got through New York, you know, basically meet up with I-90 again near Erie, PA. And PA, you know, they're, it's PA. <laughs> Pennsylvania, you know, they're, you know, they do construction in places, Erie. I always felt that they needed a third lane in each direction, you know, basically through the Erie area. It's kind of a slow-moving area, um, even on a weekend, because uh, that's you know, kind of like the main route between Cleveland and Buffalo. And, you know, once, you know, in the coming weeks, you know, we'll be, we'll be having 
you know, some uh, Canadian, you know, Canadians will be able to drive into the U.S. again. Um, you know, so that'll be kind of like the main route between Toronto and the Midwest, or you know, even the Southeast. You know, because a lot there's a lot of snowbirds that'll be itching to head down to you know their winter residences in Florida and you know other places in the South. Did that? Um, you know, basically went across into Ohio. Um, you know, gas prices in Ohio, I felt were, you know, I was seeing a lot of things around 320 to 330 a gallon. This was on October 16th. Um, so you did that, you know, basically you kind of want to skip getting gas in PA now with the gas prices. Uh, but, you know, basically took I-90 I down to I-271, kind of bypassing Cleveland. But you do get to see the Progressive Insurance Headquarters. Um you know, flow from progressive, um, would be happy to, uh, know that, you know, that was one thing that, you know, I noticed on the drive. Um, you know, so, um, took to, uh, I-271 to I-71, uh, down to Columbus for the night. And then, you know, basically in Columbus, you know, went and had dinner in the German village at a place called Schmidt's uh, Sausage House, which is an old German restaurant, um, in, Columbus, and it's, you know, very popular, you know, they have an accordion player, um, some nice, you can just walk around the German village, it's old, um, you know, the streets are bricks, there's a lot of, like, weird alleys that they route you through, you know, I've been at Columbus before, but I haven't been to the German village area, so that was, it was interesting to see, um, just, like, a lot of old, like, older, like, row houses, um, brownstones, you know, basically things like that, um, Kind of had an old world feel to it, although you know the houses you know are, are a bit more you know modern than what you might find in some of the older places like Europe or what have you. So the next day was you know a trip to St. Louis. Uh, we're just west of St. Louis. Um, you know, family friends there, so I stopped there for the night. Um, so I took I eighty, not I eighty, sorry, I seventy. Um, you know, basically took that all the way to Utah for the most part. Uh, but, you know, took 70 across, you know, the western part of Ohio. I always find, you know, Ohio, for whatever reason, they've done a lot. So, you know, basically to the interstate. So the traffic moves well. You know, I'll give, uh, you know, nice props to uh, ODOT for that. And then stop for gas at the border with Indiana. The gas in Indiana is a little bit more expensive than in Ohio. So, you might as well take advantage of the Ohio prices. I-70 in Indiana. Um, you know, they're doing construction all the time from what my experiences are. Um, so they're kind of a little behind the curve compared to Ohio. But I-70, you know, basically there was a stretch east of in Indianapolis where they are you know, basically working on the roads. So they have all the traffic moved to one side of the road. Uh, there's a closure in downtown Indianapolis uh, for I-70. So they actually have uh, the traffic, and it's a long-term closure. So it's I think it's closed, they're saying, until summer 2022, um, where they're you know redoing the roads. So I actually got to add some new mileage on I-465, uh, taking the south loop, um, south part of the loop, you know, between I-70 and I-70 on the south side of Indianapolis. So I added, you know, a few miles there. 
and then got back on I-70, you know, near the airport. And they have this long um, collector distributor set up, um, you know, near the airport. So it's it, it's interesting. And the airport you know, looks like it's pretty big. I think they do a lot of cargo, um, you know, flights that, you know, stop in Indianapolis. Um, so that was different to see. Um, so, you know, from there, um, you know, basically took I-70 for a little ways. And then there was, you know, some construction delays even on a Sunday. So I think they're trying to wrap up for the season. So actually one up, I think it was Indiana State Route 37 or maybe 39 uh, up north to I-40, you know, part of the old National Highway, which, you know, it's nice to get a little, um, you know, more stretch of, you know, the old the old National Highway or US-40, which uh, I'd like to see more of at some point. Uh, but it's a much more relaxing drive, um, you know, compared to I-70. Uh, you don't have to deal with this many trucks, which, you know, there's a lot. Um, and, you know, basically just, it's a nice four-lane road until you get closer to Terre Haute. And you, know, you go, you do have to slow down through a few towns, but, you know, it's a night. And there are some, you know, basically uh, national highway, like kiosks or li little interpretive areas that you can pull off. And I didn't get to do that. Uh, but, you know, you do get a nice um, way to do that. And then basically after I got closer to Brazil, Indiana, which um, is near Terre Haute, um, took Indiana State Route 59 back to I-70 and then basically took I-70, you know, basically through Terre Haute across uh, Illinois, which um, it's not, not, not many hills in Illinois uh, compared to, you know, what some people are saying these days. Um, and then basically took that down towards, you know, the St. Louis area and then, you know, basically drove around downtown St. Louis for a bit Um Try to get some good pictures of the arch. I think I got, you know, a few. And then, you know, kept on I-70, you know, into St. Charles where I had sp uh, spent the night. Um, next morning, you know, went across I-70 in Missouri and Kansas. Um, you know, basically, you know, stop for gas. Cheapest gas that I saw was in Missouri. Um, certain places, you know, I've seen like 285 to 288 a gallon on the 18th of October. Kansas wasn't that bad for gas prices either. I was seeing a few places where gas was under $3 a gallon. Um, you know, so I did, you know, basically took that, you know, I think that, um, you know, Missouri, you know, they could widen I-70, at least from St. Louis uh, to Columbia, which is, you know, where the University of Missouri is. You know, traffic kind of peters out a bit, you know, west of Columbia, you know, as you get closer to Kansas City. Um, stopped in Kansas City for a bit, you know, basically to get some pictures of the skyline from the famous uh, Kansas City Scout statue, which is the team that is now the New Jersey Devils, a hockey team. Initially, originally, they played in Kansas City, and they were named after that statue. They were the Kansas City Scouts for couple seasons and they moved to Denver they were there for I think like six years or so before uh, moving to uh, North Jersey um, so you know get a little bit of hockey uh, information on that um, so you know kept on going on I-70 
um, you know, basically took the uh, Kansas uh, Turnpike Part 2 Topeka. Um, and then from there, oh, oh, I did want to mention um, on I-7, I, in Kansas City, um, you know, because we did take the detour down to the uh, Kansas City Stout, Scout Statue. Getting around and basically, you know, getting back on, you know, what I took was I-670 across Kansas City. Taking the ramps from I-35 to I-670, you know, make sure you're in the uh, correct lane uh, very quickly because there isn't a lot of um, room to, you know, change lanes and merge, you know, basically when you're trying to make, you know, that sort of uh, connection. Um, so I wound up having to, you know, basically, you know, detour and U-turn a couple times, you know, before, you know, I figured it out. So just a heads up on that. But and then from there, I took I-70 um, across Kansas, you know, Kansas City Turnpike to Topeka, which is, I mean, they don't take easy paths, which, you know, in New York and the Northeast and the Midwest and the Southeast is, you know, the main, one of the main um, electronic uh, toll tag um, outfits. Uh, but they do give you, you know, they have, you know, the high speed lanes, and then on each side, um, you know, they do have toll booths still, so you can, you know, pay your toll by cash. They'll give you a ticket, you know, kind of, you know, the days of your of, uh, toll collection. Uh, but it's still happening in Kansas, at least through now. I don't know if there's any changes that they have coming down the pike. Um, so from there, I basically got into Topeka, took I-70 across. Stopped in Salina for a bit and down I-135 for a few exits, which um, is actually where my grandparents got married because um, um, you know, my grandfather was stationed there you know, basically during World War II for a while. He was a drill sergeant, uh, to my understanding. Um, but from there, um, you know, basically went back on I-70, stayed in western Kansas for the night. And then the next day... Uh, went across uh, Colorado um, on I-70 and actually into Utah. Um, so, of course, you know, east of Denver, it's, you know, the high plains. So, you know, basically, you know, grass as far as the eye can see. You know, get some hills, not too many. Um, then, of course, you know, once you get towards Lyman, Lehman, Lamon, I think it's Lyman. Um, so I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, you know, basically, you kind of start seeing the mountain, the Rocky Mountains. Of course, then you see again a little bit more prevalently around Denver. In Denver, um, what is happening is that they are adding a high occupancy, a high occupancy toll lane. It's not ready yet. I think it's going to be ready next year. Uh, but you know, you can see. You know where they're adding it, a high occupancy toll lane. You know to the basically close to the median of the of the highway, and you know there's a lot of construction going on. You know they've redone the viaduct on I-70 in Denver as well. So I mean I got to see the construction there, and you know they've they've done some good work on that. Um, west of Denver on I-70 actually. Um, you know, I took a detour to go to Lookout Mountain, which is near Golden, and you can see the Denver skyline, you can see Golden, you can see the mountains. 
Uh, Buffalo Bill Cody was actually buried there, um, according to, you know, that. I guess there's a, um, you know, basically disagreement of was he buried in Cody, Wyoming, or was he buried upon top Lookout Mountain um, in Colorado, apparently, as the story goes. Um, as he was dying, um, he was at his uh, sister's, who had lived, was living in Denver, and, you know, basically, he had changed his request at the last minute, you know, basically, you know, discovering, you know, how beautiful uh, Colorado is. And he's like, I want to, you know, basically be buried here. Um, so, you get, so I saw that while I was at Lookout Mountain. I'm like, well, I'm here. Might as well see that. Uh, took I-70 across Colorado. Um, pavement was dry, thankfully. Uh, but you could see, you know, some of the snow, you know, basically on the trees, you know, on the mountains. Um, you know, made for a nice experience, um, you know, driving across. Um, you know, they are working on Glenwood Canyon uh, right now. You know, there's a few areas where they are, you know, basically working on, you know, the landslide areas. Um, but, you know, basically, you know, for, you know, vehicles, you know, for the most part, you know, basically it is still two lanes each direction, you know, traveling most except for, you know, where they are doing work. I know that there was a wildfire through the canyon last year that you know, basically was making things, you know, the the ground around the canyon unstable. Um, you know, so, so from there, um, you know, basically took, you know, I um, seventy across, um, you know, basically through Grand Junction and into Utah, and I uh, spent the night in Green River, uh, Utah, which is. You know, basically part of, you know, old US-6, old US-91, old US-50. Kind of reminded me a bit of uh, Tucumcari in New Mexico. Uh, not quite as developed or big, uh, but it looks like that was a popular place for, you know, travelers to spend the night. So, you know, there was a lot of old hotels, you know, there's old neon signs. It looked neat from a roadside archaeology standpoint. Um, and, and, of course, you know, there's a lot of history is there as well. Um, there was a Green River Expedition. Powell, I think was the guy's name, um, basically, you know, was exploring the West and used Green River, uh, Utah, as a kind of a base. There's a museum there alongside the river. Uh, there's also a geyser you can visit, um, which looks like it's all down an old dirt path. I didn't get to see that, but it's called Crystal Geyser. And that was interesting. Uh, well, I'm going to take a uh, break for now. And when we get back, um, you know, I'll discuss uh, you know, some more parts of the trip. Uh, stay tuned. And we're back. Um, this is Doug with uh, the Gribble Nation Roadcast, uh, powered by Anchor FM and using the Anchor FM app. Um, which I'm using on an Android device. I believe they are available on iPhones as well. Um, so we're talking about my you know, recent cross-country trip, which I'm still technically on. Um, just kind of watching the rain uh, fall out of, you know, basically fall of the sky here near Salem, Oregon. And um, so uh, basically uh, where we left off, I was in Utah uh, taking I-70 uh, west across the state. And uh, basically, 
and took uh, that next morning, which was Tuesday, Tuesday, no, it was Wednesday, Wednesday the 20th of October, um, took I-70 across, um, detoured down Utah State Highway 24 to Goblin Valley State Park, which um, if you've never been, um, it's, it's in the desert, and there's all these low-lying hoodoos, uh, which... Um, Bryce Canyon um, National Park also has them, but, you know, these are a little bit lower to the ground than when they were discovered. Um, people discovered Goblin Valley uh, said that they kind of looked like goblins. And they're, you know, and you can actually, you know, smaller national park, no, sorry, smaller state park, and you can you know, walk around, uh, pretty explore pretty much at your own pace. There's kind of, you know, herd paths that, they call trails, but, you know, basically you can pretty much just walk around everywhere and explore the goblins, um, which is cool. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of neat picks I was able to get from there. Um, that was something I had wanted to see in Utah. Um, you know, so that was something I was able to accomplish in Utah. Um, and it was, it was neat to check out. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't, was there a little bit in the morning. And then I basically went up back up to I-70, taking Utah State Highway 24. And then when I got back on I-70 West, um, you know, that's the San Rafael Swell and, you know, one of the most scenic stretches of Interstate Highway, basically going from there to Salina, Utah, which is roughly 100 miles. Uh, no services, so make sure you get your gas, like in Green River, Grand Junction, or Salina on the other, in the other direction. Um you know, so you'll want to make sure that, you know, you have gas so you don't run out of gas and where, there, where there's no gas. Uh, but, you know, basically stop. There's a lot of, v they, they say rest, it's a rest area, but it's really a lot of different view areas, as they call it in Utah, where you can see like St. Rafael Swell, there's like a black dragon rest area. There's a few other rest areas as well. You can see different canyons, different views of the same canyons, um, and it's a very neat experience. Uh, you know, basically, if you've never driven it, it is. I was told it was scenic, and it was as scenic as advertised. Um, it's definitely worth uh, checking out. Um, so, I took I seventy west. You know, there's going to be a lot of. I took a lot of pictures along the way, and then took that to Salina, and then basically from there. You know, left I-70, I still have to drive the stretch essentially from Salina to I-15 to clinch uh, the interstate. Um, but the next part of the trip was taking US-50 across basically to Lake Tahoe. Um, and then, of course, you know, in Nevada, US-50 is called the loneliest highway in America. It's pretty lonely in Utah, too. Um, basically took US-50 to I-15, then from I-15 took it to Delta, um, Utah, which is a nice little town. Um, definitely, um, you know, definitely a nice change of pace from, you know, what I'll be, what I was coming across over the next few hundred miles, which is hills, desert, you know, basically hills, you know, basically drive through a valley, desert, you know, it's a quiet, it's a quiet experience but it's a nice it's a nice drive as well um it is i find i found it was scenic uh but you know there's 
a whole lot of nothing, um, which is good if you're, you know, wanting or expecting a whole lot of nothing. Um, this was actually part of a trip I was planning to take a few weeks from now, like later, you know, later in October, end of October, beginning of November for my plans changed. I was originally supposed to go to California, see Sequoia, kind of loop around up to US 50 in Utah, then take 50 across Utah, Nevada, uh, you know, go back into California. Uh, but, you know, plans changed. Um, you know, the Sequoia National Park closed right now because of the uh, KNP complex fire. So, you know, I decided to pull a, uh, another trip out um, of the uh, woodwork and add some parts of the trip I was planning to this, which was taking US-50 across. Uh, US-50, you know, basically, you know, Utah and Nevada. So as I was saying, not, not much, not much in the way. You know, de basically, definitely take your own music with you. Uh, took that across, you know, Utah, where you can you know, see some you know, lakes in the distance, um, which you're dried up or salty this time of the year. I think there's some evaporation basins. And then, um, you know, from there, you know, actually, once you crossed into Nevada, detoured to the Great Basin National Park. Um, it's one of the lesser known and lesser visited national parks. Uh, there's a cave there, um, which is the highlight of the park, which I didn't really get to see. Um, it's called the Lehman Caves. Um, that was the na it was a national monument called before it's a national park. It was a national monument called Lehman Caves National Monument, and you can take tours. Um, there's a wait list for the tours. I think when we were I was there on a Wednesday, and they were taking reservations for Saturday. Um, I think they have limited tours, especially uh, kind of like the off season or shoulder season. Um, but, you know, basically if you're doing, you know, national parks in Utah or, you know, basically you want to see different national parks, definitely something to add. The other thing you can do there is take a, uh, it's a scenic drive up uh, Wheeler Peak, which is the second highest uh, mountain in Nevada. It's over 13,000 feet elevation is at the summit. Um, at the time... Um, the road was open to the Mather Overlook, which is, I think, about, about 9,000 feet um, above sea level. You can still get some nice views of the Wheeler Peak. Um, and, of course, you know, as you're driving down, you know, basically around you know, the mountain, you can you know, see the expanse of Great Basin views, you know, the distance. Um, you can see, you know, different types of, you know, Flora, you know, basically, you know, the trees change um, at elevation. Like at 9,000 feet, I was seeing a lot of old bristlecone pines. Uh, whereas, you know, further down, you know, you obviously see, like, different types of pines. Um, I think I saw some balsam firs and things like that. Um, so, you know, nice different experience uh, there. And then uh, from at that point, I you know, basically took 50. Uh, spent the night in Ely, Nevada. You know, on the way, you can actually see a lot between Great Basin National Park and Ely. Um, you can see a lot of windmills. <laughs> so, you know, like, like windmill farms. Um, you know, basically, you know, to kind of break up the monotony of hills and desert. 
Uh, and Ely, Ely's an old town. Um, you know, basically it's, you know, got a lot of, you know, buildings that were businesses that were closed, but, you know, basically you can still, it's kind of like time has forgotten Ely, which makes it actually look pretty interesting, I think. Um, so, you know, basically, you know, you have your, you know, casinos there and, I'm not sure what else. Uh, maybe they do a lot of mining in that area. I don't really know for sure. Um, it's kind of, you know, in the middle of nowhere, and I don't really know what type of industry or businesses. Ranching, perhaps. Um, you know, so for the next day, uh, took 50 across, stopped in Eureka, which is an old western town, you know, Walked around the downtown a bit. You know, there's a lot of history there. Um, you know, basically took pictures of the old courthouse and, uh, you know, what have you. And that was a nice stop. You know, and then from there, you know, going west, you go through towns like Austin, which um, has an old, I guess they call it a Stokes Castle. I didn't get to see that. Kind of, kind of looks like an old shot tower. It's kind of built up on like a hillside on like the side of a mountain. Um, and of course, you know, basically, you know, elevations, I think at the highest were about 7,500 feet going across US 50. Uh, and it gets, you know, like a little lower and lower as you get, you know, further west um, towards, you know, Carson Fallon and then Carson City. Uh, heading into Carson City, there's a, um, a salt lake, which basically is drying up. You can see a lot of salt. Um, there was a sand dune in the distance where, you know, you could see uh, everyone taking their buggies too, uh, which was kind of neat. Fallon's kind of like the beginning of civilization again. There's actually a naval air station uh, near Fallon. Um, so that's, you know, where uh, people, um, you know, basically, you know, settled and, you know, basically, you know, and then, you know, basically gets, the road gets a little bit busier, you know, four lanes uh, west of uh, Fallon. And then from there, uh, you know, basically go through, um, you know, towards Carson City, detoured up to Virginia City as well. I think it was between Stagecoach and Dayton, uh, Nevada. And then from there, you know, basically you can explore Virginia City a bit. Um, took the Six Mile Canyon Road, took um, Nevada Highway 342, 341. Um, Nevada, Virginia is, you know, also on the side of the hill. Kind of was showery afternoon. There's actually a tourist railroad that's about a half hour long ride. The Virginia and Truckee Railroad, I think it's called, um, that you can take. I didn't take it, you know, walked around town. Uh, there's lots of old buildings, you know, you can see, you know, the place where Mark Twain uh, wrote um, for a newspaper there. And the sidewalks in town are old wooden planks, which is you know, reminiscent of the Old West. Um, so that was interesting. You know, but basically, you know, took 50, you know, again, into Carson City, uh, detoured into Carson City, saw the state capitol area. And then, you know, basically 50, you know, basically... Got gas in Carson City. Um, caught, you know, basically prices in Carson City are a lot lower than in Reno, uh, Lake Tahoe. Um, so get your gas there. Um, and then, you know, basically, 
And then from there, climbed up the hill and then down the hill um, to on 50, you know, went in a, went around Lake Tahoe and then, you know, went up uh, Nevada Route 28. I stopped at Sand Harbor State Park in Nevada, you know, took some pictures of Lake Tahoe. And then in California, off of um, Route 28, I think it's Rockway is the first town. Um, you know, there's a place called Kings Beach. Which you can go, you know, see more of Lake Tahoe, you know, basically get some pictures. And then from there, you know, I basically went up to Truckee on California um, Route or Highway 267, I-80. I-80 took that into Reno, which kind of reminds me of what I would imagine of the Las Vegas of old. Um, you know, not as, you know, you do see some high rises, um, but, you know, not as big as Las Vegas is now. You know, there really isn't a strip, like a, I mean, there's roads, streets in downtown Reno where there's a lot of, you know, casinos, but it's not quite, the same as, you know, basically going down to the Vegas Strip, a lot quieter, uh, even on a, um, around dinner time on a Thursday. Um, and then the next morning, which is Friday, you know, went up to, uh, Salem, Oregon, took, uh, 395 up to Susanville, California from Reno. And then, you know, basically that, once I crossed into California and somewhere a little past Hallelujah Junction, um, and I basically dealt with a lot of rain all, all the way up to Susanville. Disappointing because it was probably a very interesting and photogenic drive. I probably would have taken a lot of pictures, um, but couldn't really take too many because of the rain. Uh, but it dried up, you know, once you got to Susanville. Um, and then from there took 30, uh, California routes 36 to 44 to 89 up to I-5. Uh, detoured up, you know, basically to Bernie Falls, which is, you know, I think it's Bernie Falls, uh, MacArthur Memorial State Park off of a I-89, no, sorry, California Route 89. Um, you can, on the way, you can see, um, you know, there's a burn scar from one of the fires, um, that was up, you know, around, over 44 and 89 meet, there's like a hat rock, uh, hat rock rim, uh, view which was closed uh, but you can see the burn scars and you know, hopefully um, there weren't any mudslides from you know the rain that they've received since then uh, but you know basically you know stopped at Bernie Falls which was on which has been in my waterfall bucket list for ever since I've seen pictures of it for the first time uh, that place is even more amazing in person um, you know, basically, you know, there's an overlook, there's a falls loop that you can take, which is about 1.2 miles round trip, or you can walk to the base of the falls from the parking lot, which is three tenths of a mile, uh, each way. If you don't want to do the whole loop, which I didn't really have time to do the full loop, uh, but I had time to at least go to the base of the falls get my pictures, you know, basically kind of take things in. Um, you know, from there, um, that's actually 4489. It's also part of the Volcanic Legacy uh, National Scenic Byway because you have Lassen Peak, which is a national park. Um, and then, you know, basically it goes up to Mount Shasta, which is another 
volcano. This is the southern end of the Cascades. And then from there, took I-5 north um, up to uh, Salem, Oregon, from Mount Shasta City in California. Not a whole lot to report about I-5. It's I, I've been on it you know, plenty of times. You know, there's construction here or there um, in California, in Oregon. I mean, you know they're doing work around... Um, Siskiyou Summit, you know, Mount Ashland, going to Ashland. Um, but, you know, basically, you know, it's hills, um, you know, some climbs. I know there, you know, obviously there's, you know, valley is pretty much between Ashland and Grants Pass. Then you go uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill to Roseburg, Oregon. You know, before things kind of start leveling out a bit. Um I was actually there about six months ago. Um, so, you know, I had stopped, you know, so I just kind of drove through. Um, there was actually a covered bridge in Myrtle Creek. I didn't get to see in April or in October, um, which obviously I always like to add to my covered bridge list. Um, but, you know, I got up to Salem. It's, you know, there's, it's been kind of, I got there Friday night. It's been you know, on and off raining since then and it'll be doing that you know until i go back to new york on wednesday and of course you know after that as well uh, this area needs the rain i know that there's been droughts uh, but so i've been kind of sneaking in at least a few hours at a time you know where you know there seems to be dry periods a um, little exploration um you know i went to corvallis oregon on Saturday. There's a lot of hiking trails, walking trails in the area. I didn't get to do as much as I wanted to. Uh, there was a place in Philomath, um, which is a little west of uh, Corvallis, uh, where you get to see, um, you know, it's called like Fit and Green National Area, which you, you know, it's a nice you know view up top. You know, basically there's a lot of shorter peaks that you can hike up and you know, very popular. You know, Oregon State University is in Corvallis. Uh, but, you know, walk, drove around Corvallis, you know, basically uh, looks like it's peak uh, peak fall foliage there. Lots of yellows. Um, some reds. I know that, you know, the native trees here, if they're deciduous trees, they usually turn yellow, whereas back east, you know, in the northeast, where I'm from, you see yellows, you see oranges, reds, coppers, you know, a whole um, array of colors. So a little different, uh, but I was nice to get some fall foliage in because um, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to really see that this year because, you know, it's been, you know, wet in the Northeast um, over the past few months. Um, so, you know, went around Corvallis and then, you know, hopefully, you know, before I, you know, go home, you know, you know explore a little bit around Salem, uh, maybe a little bit more in uh, Marion County or, Yamil County, Oregon. And that's pretty much about it. Uh, well, thank you for listening to my uh, podcast on my October 20 cross-country drive. Uh, this is Doug from Gribble Nation. Now you can always check us out on gribblenation.org on the web or Facebook or Instagram. You can find us at Gribble Nation. Um, and of course, you can find us on the Gribble Nation Roadcast and Anchor FM as well. Till next time.
Thank you for tuning in to uh, an episode of the Gribble Nation Roadcast. Uh, we hope uh, you get to listen to us again soon. Have a good one.